Daniel, we're going to go back to the time before Jesus came, but what we're going to see in our text is that the spirit of Jesus was alive and well in the book of Daniel, in Daniel's life, and not only alive and well, but powerfully at work. Daniel 1, the first 20 verses. This is God's holy and infallible word. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put in the treasure house of his God. And then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring in some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility, young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that they were to enter the king's service. Among these were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And the chief official gave them new names to Daniel, Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, Mishael, Meshach, to Azariah, Abednego. And this is a key verse we're going to see as we go to the message, but Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Now God had caused the official to show favor and sympathy to Daniel, but the official told Daniel, I'm afraid of my lord the king who has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men of your age? The king would then have my head because of you. Daniel then said to the guard, whom the chief official had appointed over, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for ten days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. And then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food. And treat your servants in accordance with what you see. And so he agreed to this. He tested them for ten days. At the end of the ten days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. At the end of the time set by the king to bring them in, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them. He found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And so they entered the king's service. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. So we're in this Old Testament Heroes of the Faith series. We're getting deep into the Old Testament, which means we're getting closer and closer to Jesus' coming. And this series will end in, in a couple of weeks with the only perfect hero of the faith, our Savior Jesus, who came at Christmas. It's really important to realize that the Old Testament heroes of the faith had great faith back then, even back then, because of Jesus, not because of any strength in themselves. 
Jesus, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, who became a baby at Christmas, was alive and well in Old Testament times and back into all eternity with the Father and the Spirit. As He works in our hearts and lives today, it was He who was at work in the believers' hearts back then. He gave them strength to live for the Lord. And in Daniel, we see the Spirit of Christ at work in a couple of different ways. First, we see how he was at work in Daniel's life. We also see how the Spirit reveals God's great salvation plan in history through Daniel's prophecies. That we're going to focus on tonight in the message. This morning, we're going to see how the Spirit of Christ was at work in the man Daniel and how Daniel was a prime example of someone who had an either-or type of faith. Remember that? We talked about that type of commitment with Elijah when he called on God's people not to waver between two opinions. And we can live like that today too with the Spirit's help. But I want you to listen to these characteristics of an either-or type of life that we find in Daniel and ask God how your life matches up. Where your life does match up, praise God. Where it doesn't, we pray for Christ's Spirit to come in our hearts today and to change us. Number one characteristic, decisiveness. Verse 8 says, Daniel resolved. And another way to put that is he purposed in his heart. Daniel and his friends were living in exile. They were in a foreign land. They were far from the people of God. And in that very challenging setting, Daniel, as God's child, he was called even there to live for his Lord. And he did so because he had resolved to do so. And as believers, we're called to make resolutions about the way we live. To draw a line in the sand in our lives often and to say no further. Where is that line in our choice of movies and music we listen to? Where is that line in our internet browsing and and where we go? Where is that line in how we talk about people when they're not in the same room as us? Do you got clear lines or are your lines a little fuzzy today, believers? What we see with Daniel is that he had a clear line beyond which he would not go. Daniel was young here. He was a teenager. Young people, students, To stay living for Jesus in hard situations, you have to be resolved. Make commitments before God before you're put into a tough situation. Some resolutions you might have as a teenager, I will never cross this line on a date. Or, I resolve not to mess around with drugs or alcohol at all. Not only that, my line will be so firm. If I'm ever in a situation where they are being used by people around me, I will get away as quickly as I can because it's illegal and because I don't want that junk in my life. I know how damaging it can be. 
whether you're with your friends or in school, there will be temptations to compromise your principles. I think a key to understanding how to stand strong is making a decision about where you stand beforehand. Beforehand. I have no doubt that Daniel, before he entered this situation in Babylon, on that trek from his homeland into exile, that he would have had to say something like, God, I don't know why I have to leave my home and go to a foreign land where other gods are worshipped, but no matter what, Lord, I will live for you in Babylon. Even though it might be hard, and even if no one else around me is living for you. For each one of us, when temptation strikes, we don't want to be stuck having to make a spur-of-the-moment emotional decision. Those are often wrong decisions. Instead, be resolved ahead of time where you stand as a child of God in all the different areas of your life. God will bless those commitments just as surely as he blessed the decisions of Daniel and his friends. You know, maybe when you see Daniel, when you think about standing strong, you think this morning that you haven't always stood strong. You think about some bad choices you've already made in your life. Well, well, here's the good news of Jesus. You can take that to God in Jesus' name, those mistakes, and he forgives you. You can start new today. You really can. Do it. Be decisive. Second characteristic, distinctiveness. We read that Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. What was this all about? We could talk about vegetarianism and all that. We're not going to. Why did he choose to be a vegetarian here? We don't know exactly, but it's very likely that it was because this was food that was left over from sacrifices to idols, because that's what the king's court ate. They sacrificed food to their false gods. What was left over, they got to eat, and there was a lot left over because false gods can't eat anything. Daniel most likely didn't want stuff so closely tied with that false religion. It's really unlikely that we'll ever be in a situation just like that. But what is really clear is that his commitment to the Lord made him act differently than all the young people around him. There will be times and situations for people of faith today where our call is to be distinct, to not be doing what everyone else is doing, to look different from the world. A Christian business person will do business differently from the world. A Christian teacher will be different. A Christian mom will display a distinctiveness when compared to other moms in the world. A Christian electrician will be different. A believer in retirement will be different. A believing boy and girl or teenager does not act like someone who does not believe. How are we different? How do we stand apart? We should be able to look at our lives and identify the distinctiveness from those who don't believe. The third characteristic, and our final one for this morning, 
is humility. Daniel was resolved. He was distinctive. But we get the strong impression that he did this humbly. There wasn't an arrogance. He responded to the situation in a spirit of humility and respect. He could have made a big stink, gone about it with all kinds of drama, but he doesn't. You see the process? He requested permission from the chief of eunuchs in verse 8. He said in verse 12, please test us. So he patiently explained his situation, his desire to be faithful to the Lord. He requested that he could be excused from whatever else was doing. Boy, there's something really Christ-like about his spirit and his attitude, don't you think? And that's what you and I are called to in our commitment to Jesus. Someone put it this way, true faithfulness to God is not just seen in our determination to stand firm. And believers, we need that determination today, the distinctiveness, the resolution. But it's not only seen in our determination to stand firm, but it's also seen in the way we stand firm and the spirit in which we do so. Are you hearing that? True faithfulness to God is not just seen in our determination to stand firm, but it's also seen in the way we stand firm and in the spirit in which we do so. Now, sometimes we think that living with high standards for the Lord, that, that Christians like that have to be obnoxious or stubborn or ornery or sort of a jerk about it, kind of looking down on everyone else. No, no, no. We don't see any of that here. Because that's not the spirit of Jesus, is it? And that's what this is all about. It's about the spirit of Christ in us. This time of year we talk about Christmas spirit and I have no idea what that is. Do you? Have you ever figured that out, what everybody's talking about? Kind of a mushy holiday cheer. We've got something so much more. The spirit of Jesus. Jesus who in eternity resolved to come at Christmas to save His people from their sin. Jesus, who remained distinct from all those around Him, from anyone in all of history. In fact, on, in, in a month, on January 11, we're going to start a new sermon series about the incomparable impact of Jesus on this world and in history. Uh, there's a book. It's called, Who Is This Man? It's written by John Ortberg. We're going to use that as a guide for these sermons. Uh, you might want to read it or, or study it along in your small group for the first few months of the year. We're going to have some more information coming up on all of that. Jesus was decisive. Jesus was distinctive. And He came to this earth and He accomplished His mission with perfect humility, submitting to God's will for Him, which was the saving of all who would believe. In the power of the Spirit, of this Jesus we worship, we can be Daniels today. Decisive, distinctive, humble in our commitment to the Lord. More this evening on Daniel the man and God's plan as we see it revealed in this book. Amen.